But uh, we're glad that he's here and uh, he is going to sing and minister. He'll tell you a little bit. He has uh, CDs that he has as well. And uh, you would be blessed. But we want you to come to the Jeremy Hart. We want you to take your liberty. And I want us to worship with them. I want us to get behind the word of God. I can't wait to see what God has in store today. Could we give Brother Jeremy Hart a warm lighthouse welcome? God bless you. One more time together, would you join your voices and give praise unto the Lord in this house today if you're thankful. We can feel his presence on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning and amen, join our voice with the voice of heaven. Amen. As they sung the song this morning and, and pastor alluded to it just a moment ago, but what a privilege we have of not just waiting until we get over yonder to declare his holiness and his word in us, but today we can do as Jesus prayed in that model prayer. He said in earth, uh, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And I pray that in this service today, if anything is the will of God, uh, in this service today, it is the absolute will of God that we uh, create the atmosphere in this house that is in uh, heaven today, and that is declaring the holiness and the greatness of God. For I still believe he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Anybody believe on Sunday morning that God is worthy to be praised? Amen. Praise God. So good to be in the house of the Lord in O'Fallon today. I give honor to your pastor and his wife, Brother and Sister Buford. Appreciate them so very much, and it is a wonderful honor to be here with you today. And I'm just excited about what the Lord's going to do in this place. Anybody come to church with a little bit of expectation that something good is going to happen today? Amen. Amen. We're going to get into the word of the Lord in just a few moments, but with the help of the Lord, I'm going to sing for just a little while, and um, I've kind of got the reputation, so to speak, that I am a, uh, some of my music, a lot of my music tends to have a little bit of a country uh, flavor to it, and so if you like that kind of singing, we're going to get along just fine today. <coughs> if you don't like that kind of music, would just be a good hypocrite and act like you do, and we'll still get along just fine. That's the only time you'll ever hear a preacher say that over the pulpit. So enjoy it today. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad he is a faithful God? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. He is good. He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing praise. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm. His love endures forever. For the life that's been reborn. His love endures forever. Sing praise.
Anybody come to do that? Sing praise. Sing praise. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us. Forever. Praise unto the Lord if you're glad you serve a faithful God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Thank you for worshiping. You may be seated. Amen. In 2017, I say let the church get back to the basics of life. We've turned the page for a new day has dawned. We've rearranged what's right and what's wrong. Somehow we've drifted so far from the truth that we can't get back home. Where are the virtues that once gave us light? Where are the morals that governed our lives? Someday we all will awake and look back Just to find what we've lost Oh, we need to get back to the basics of life A heart that is pure and a love that is blind A faith that is fervently And a hope that endures for all time. These are the basics. We need to get back to the basics of life. Oh, yes, we do. The newest rage is to resign it out. Just meditate. You can overcome every doubt. After all, man is a God, they say God is no longer alive. I still believe in the old rugged cross. Oh, I still believe there is hope for the lost. And I know the rock of all ages will stand through the changes of time the changes of time we need to get back to the basics of life a heart that is pure and a love that is blind a faith that is fervently grounded in Christ and a hope that endures for all Basics of life. We've let the dark.
lives invade us too long. We've got to turn the tide. Oh, and we need the passion that burned long ago to come and open our eyes. There's no room for compromise. The basics of life, a heart that is pure and a love that is blind. We need to get back to the basics of life, a heart that is pure and a love that is blind, a faith that is fervently grounded in Christ, and a hope that. filled with what wrong. I've made up in my mind I'm going to do everything I can to fill my world with what's right. But there may be darkness all around us and sin may be at an all-time high. Wrong may be running rampant. But I am still holding on to the promise that He will never leave us and He will never forsake us. I'm not going to go into the story this morning but to highlight this one truth. I'm reminded of the story the disciples, when they found themselves in the boat, the storm rose upon them. And uh, very easily, these disciples could have become fearful for their life. And we know the story. Peter eventually, uh, Jesus comes walking on the water and Peter steps out of the boat and he walks on the water too. But uh, this, this, this thought uh, captivates my attention this morning. Maybe the disciples had themselves a little uh, business meeting, a, a, a general conference of their own, so to speak. And they said, boys, it looks like we're about to die in this storm. The, the winds are great. The waves are rising against us. I, I'm not sure, boys, that we're going to be make it. We're going to be able to make it out of here. Maybe we should just jump ship and, and get it over with quick. Maybe we should just die here and not prolong it any longer. 
But maybe one disciple, I don't know, you can chalk it up to being speculative if you choose, but maybe there was one disciple that spoke up and said, boys, you can jump ship if that's what you want to do. You can throw in the towel if you want to. But as for me, I choose to hold on to the promise of God. He sent me here, therefore he's not going to leave me to die here. And if God sent me here, then I'm going to hold that sooner or later he's going to come to my rescue. Amen. And in 2017, we're in a world that, that everything's gone crazy. And it would be real easy for the church to get discouraged and say, well, we don't have any hope. And revival has seen its better days. And, and revival has outlived its usefulness. I rise to declare that in a world where storms and winds and waves are, they are raging around us. But I am not going to get discouraged. Sooner or later, God's going to come back for his church. He's going to come to our rescue. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's comforting to know that God is mindful of where we are. Problems and the circumstances of life that we encounter do not, they take us by surprise, but they don't, do not take God by surprise. He is moved and He cares about the situations that we face. And the Bible tells us that He is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. I don't, know, I don't know your story today. I don't know what you are going through. But I do know this one thing. That wherever you are in life today. That is exactly where Jesus is. We can easily look around and say. Well am I going to face this trial by myself? Am I going to sail through this storm alone? But I come with a simple reminder. Of an old familiar concept. That we've all heard many times today. You are not alone. You are not by yourself, but God is with you. You may take a different road, journey far to see that dream unfold, but you are not alone. There may be a time when you need a hand to hold and guide you through. Jesus is standing there, open arms stretched forth. He's calling you into His care. Wherever you are, you cannot run from where he is his love is never ending and his mercy always finds a way in the darkness where faith is a fight oh yes there's the calm assurance that he sees and he understands where you that's where, that's where he is. Anybody thankful for that assurance we have this morning? Oh, he understands each pain you feel. There's never a hurt he cannot heal. You see, right where you are so leave your 
his hands He sees and knows but has another plan I like this part He longs to lead you through The trials of life that you face Reminding you of his words His love is never ending, and His mercy always finds a way. In the darkness where faith is a fight, oh yes, there's that sweet calm assurance that He sees and He understands. And where you are, that is where. There's that sweet home assurance that he sees and he understands where you are, that is where. Just stand to your feet all over the building and lift your hands to Jesus one more time. And could we give him thanks? Could we give him praise for his faithfulness and his attentiveness in our lives? Lord, we thank you that we are not alone. We have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother and we can depend on you. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen, amen. What a friend we have in Jesus. Amen, and I'm glad that we can trust in him today. Grab your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke, uh, chapter number 13, going to the word of the Lord for just a few moments today. And I feel in my spirit that God is going to do something wonderful in the next few moments of this service. I don't say that as some uh, Pentecostal catchphrase. I don't say that as just preacher talk, but I say that as a statement of faith. Because I believe every time we come into the house of the Lord, it is his will. And it is his purpose to do something among his people. So I encourage you today to open up your heart unto the word of the Lord and allow God to strengthen our faith and and do what he desires to do in this place today. Luke chapter 13, reading at verse number 10. If you got it, say amen. Verse number 10 says this, And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on The Sabbath. Somebody shout, on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him 
and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work, and in them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15, The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? Jesus says, And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these eighteen years, should not she be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced. For the glorious things that were done by him. I like what that that last verse, verse number 17 said. When he had said all these things, all of his adversaries were ashamed. Because of what happened in church that day. The enemy left totally ashamed. I wish I'd never come against them. I wish I'd never tempted them. I wish I'd never come against their home. I wish I'd never threatened them with that. I believe that's getting ready to happen today, that there's going to be a word from God that resonates in somebody's spirit. There's going to be a touch of the master's hand. And when this is all said and done today, there's going to be some devils back up and say, I wish I'd never tempted them with that. I wish I'd never brought that against their home. If you believe that's going to happen and you're desperate to claim that today, I want you to lift your hands and your voices under the Lord one more time and just begin to release some faith today that God's going to step into your situation. God's going to step into your battle. He's going to step into your circumstance. Lord, we release our faith today believing that you are a deliverer. You are a way maker. You are our healer, our savior, our redeemer. We ask you to demonstrate your power today. Lord, raise us up to walk in newness of life. Deliver those that are bound. Loose those that have been held captive. We thank you for it. We give you praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you believe God's going to answer your prayer, would you just clap your hands and give God one more shout of praise before you're seated. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It's 11 o'clock, so I'm going to fly through this today. Somebody said amen. God commanded in the Old Testament to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. It was Exodus chapter 31, verse 16, that records the words of God as he spoke to Moses with these words. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath. To observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. God says it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. And on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. We know that this was God's ordained method of maintaining communion and closeness with his people. And although grace has called us out from under the weight of Old Testament law, even today in 2017, we still observe the principle and the origin of the Sabbath day. 
For Sunday after Sunday, days just like today, we wake ourselves up, we put on our suit and tie, we curl our hair, find a bow to match our purse, and we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and we come into his courts with praise. If I could say it this way, it's our opportunity to unplug from the pressures of life and plug into the presence of God. But I must tell you this, as wonderful as Sundays are, as as powerful, as refreshing as Sundays are, as much as Sunday is to be a day of rest, hell does not see Sunday like you and I see Sunday. I would make this observation today that most of us, we look forward to Sunday with anticipation and with excitement. But hell looked at Sunday with nervous dread and apprehension. We were excited to see Sunday roll around on the calendar. You may not have been excited to hear your alarm go off this morning, but surely you were excited to see Sunday roll around on the calendar because you have understood and you've come to the realization of what can happen in a Sunday morning church service when people of God begin to gather together and call on the name that's above every other name. Anybody would lift your hand and say, I know what can happen in a Holy Ghost atmosphere. Man, but I, may I also submit to you that hell also understands what can happen in a red hot Holy Ghost apostolic Jesus name church service. And that's why I've come expecting this day to be a day of revival. I'm not trying to hype you up. I'm just being real with you this morning. I came expecting it to be a day of miracle signs and wonders. I came expecting to see somebody filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost today. Amen, I came expecting somebody to receive their healing today for anything is possible in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. The Battle of Vicksburg is one of the most remarkable campaigns of the American Civil War. History says that for many it was a hard-fought month. General Ulysses S. Grant and his army had been trying to rest away the strategic Confederate River Fortress of Vicksburg, Mississippi. History says that Grant led his forces across the Mississippi River and drove the Confederate Army of Mississippi into the defensive lines surrounding Vicksburg. When two major assaults against the Confederate fortifications were uh, repulsed with heavy casualties, Grant decided to besiege the city beginning on May the 25th, 1863. We then read that with no reinforcements, supplies nearly all gone, and after holding out for more than 40 days, the garrison finally surrendered on July 4th, 1863. We then read of the throes and the conditions of war that began uh, to take their toll on the townsfolk of Vicksburg. Businesses were shut down, school was suspended, and in a sense you could say that life in Vicksburg was paralyzed frozen in a state of uncertainty. They surely hoped that normalcy and they hoped that peace would find its way back into their lives again, but still the unknown blinded their vision of seeing or believing what tomorrow would hold. But there was one element of life that remained constant in Vicksburg. In spite of the confusion and the interruption of everyday life, churches all across Vicksburg continued to hold their regularly scheduled worship services. 
While some could have used the circumstances of war as a reason to excuse their gathering, others believed the circumstances of war were all the more reason to gather, to gather in worship. And one Emma Balfour wrote of her church, the sanctuary was so filled with bricks, mortar, and glass that it was difficult to find a place to sit. Nevertheless, she says, the Reverend W.W. Lord rang the bell, opened the door, clutched his Bible, and took his place behind the pulpit. With the deep booming sound of cannon fire taking the place of organ notes and the shells of besieging fleet bursting around the sacred edifice, uh, Miss Balfour says that he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to an assemblage of powder grimed and blood stained soldiery. Men who had been displaced from their homes and from their families all for the sake of war. They drugged themselves out of battle and into the house of worship. A house of worship whose appearance was becoming just as rugged as the wearied soldiers who had stumbled through its doors. Yes, it was the Lord's day, but it seemed that war had invaded not only Vicksburg, but war had invaded the Sabbath day itself. When asked about the effects of war upon their worship services, a Reverend William L. Foster responded with this powerful statement, a statement of which I preach to you today. Reverend Foster says this, War knows no Sabbath. War knows no Sabbath. I rise on this beautiful Sunday morning to declare that although Confederate cannons have been silenced, Union troops have long since marched away in victory and the battle of Vicksburg only lives on now on the pages of our history books. Would you make no mistake, there is still a war that is raging. Amen. Even today, there is an opposing force of hell that is fighting against our homes and fighting against our family. Satan has launched an all-out attack against apostolic teenagers and young adults of this generation. He is doing everything in his power to besiege faithful saints of God with fear. He's endeavoring to ambush the fallen with fresh wounds of yesterday's regret. He's trying to hold captive of those who have been imprisoned by their sin. You must understand that the spiritual opposition we face today, it's not just some new tactic or some new strategy that we've drawn up over time. Maybe this, this, we fight new battles every day, but this is an old fight. We have new challenges that we deal with day in and day out. But make no mistake, this is an old war. This was the same war that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus about when he said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And may I tell somebody today that don't you think for a moment that this is just some make-believe game or some scare tactic we use to reach the lost with. No, baby, this is a life or death fight to the finish against Satan and his forces. At the expense of getting classified as a doom and gloom preacher on my first time here, I must tell you this, just because this is Sunday doesn't mean that war takes a day of rest. 
Amen. The Sabbath does not exempt us from fighting our adversary. Sunday is no peace time. Sunday is no time out. In fact, I found in my life that sometimes Sunday is when he ramps things up. Sometimes Sunday is when he fights us the hardest. In fact, I'll even go as far as to say this. Maybe as some of us got ourselves ready today, maybe some of us walked into this sanctuary feeling battered and beaten from the battle of life that we find ourselves in. Perhaps feeling as if we barely survived yesterday's attack. Maybe there's somebody who stumbled in here today and you fought so long and you fought so hard that you've become weary in the fight, not sure if there will ever be an end. Maybe somebody else on the other end of your row came in here today and you're bearing hurts and bearing scars that you've come to believe will never heal and never go away. Maybe somebody else, you're, you're fatigued and you're torn in your spirit, questioning whether or not God still knows where you are. Maybe someone else that you're sitting, you're seated on a padded pew, but you've endured so much loss, you've suffered so much devastation that your own faith is struggling to survive. I understand physically we, we walked into a beautiful sanctuary and we sat down on a padded chair and the smile on our face usually says that everything is fine. But I've also come to realize this. Many times, uh, spiritually, uh, we wade through blood, sweat, and tears just to get ourselves uh, in the presence of God uh, on a Sunday morning. Uh, I, I've been around just long enough to realize this, that many times on Sunday morning, uh, we have to we have to pick up wreckage and we have to kick aside debris and sometimes we have to dust soot off of our souls just to be able to find ourselves in the presence of God and to sing as they sung today, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I'm reaching for somebody in the Holy Ghost today that you watch the singer sing their song and now you're watching this Okie from Muskogee preach his little Sunday morning sermon but all the while you're being deafened by the booming sounds of battle that reigns in your life. Baby, it's you that I've come to preach to today. I've not come to preach at you, but I have come with the help of the Holy Ghost to preach to you for just a few moments this morning. I've not come to expose your faults. I've not come to humiliate your faith. I've certainly not come to magnify your struggle. I've come with this one assignment today. I've come to preach hope back into your your heart and strength back into your spirit and let you know that in the middle of your battle in the middle of the war that you find yourself in right now there is an almighty God who is on your side and he is fighting for you oh, if you believe that somebody clap your hands and give God praise one time today oh hallelujah 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 Amen. For in spite of the danger that maybe you've dealt with this week, in spite of the bullets that you've had to dodge, I come to you with good news today. God is not afraid of your battle. 
Ain't going to be nothing profound today, just, just, just simple preaching. But I just felt encouraged, or I felt led, rather, to remind somebody that God is not turned away by your hurts, your scars, and your battle wounds. God is not intimidated by the enemy's warfare in your life. I'll even take it a step further. God's not even worried about however things going to turn out. In fact, I find in my Bible where God says this about where you are. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Watch verse number 11. Behold all they that incest against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. Listen, they shall be as nothing and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shalt not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of not. Verse 13, for I the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand saying unto thee fear not I will help thee. Amen. Maybe that doesn't do anything for anybody else but that gets me excited to know that in the middle of my battle I may be fighting all of hell today but I got a word from God that said my enemy shall be has nothing. Somebody ought to tell hell today, you're not nearly as big as you think you are. Somebody get in the devil's ear and tell him this morning, you're not nearly as powerful as you think you are. For You, you just thought she was going to take me out, but I, I've got a God that is fighting for me today. Hey man, I... I've never been here. I don't know most of you whatsoever, but I do know this. That it matters not how many devils you had to fight this week. It matters not how many bullets you dodged. Your faith ought to declare what David declared in Psalms chapter 91 when he said this, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He's my God. In him will I trust. Then he said this, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. Verse number seven, he said this, a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 may fall at my right hand, but it will not Come nigh unto me. Can I stop right here in my sermon today and just, just tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I feel the word of the Lord trying to encourage somebody today and let you know that you will live and not die. I may be preaching to one person in this building today, but I'm just going to do what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Everything seems bad right now. Everything seems like it's coming against you. But I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God's going to bring you through it. Destruction will not do you in. Harm will not overtake you. Disaster will not destroy your home. You will live and not die. 
Maybe this doesn't even happen in Missouri, but back in Oklahoma where I'm from, every now and then the devil likes to get in our ear and tell us, well, what's your, what you're going through with your, 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 your family, your, your anointing, your ministry, your dreams, your, your, your walk with God. It's so. Maybe that doesn't happen here. Maybe I'm in the wrong state. But back in Oklahoma, every now and then the devil tries to tell us it's over. There's no hope for you. There, there's no reason for you to keep trying. Just, just throw in the, the towel. There, I ain't got time to go into all this today, but the devil likes to, he uses this trick on us where he'll take scripture and quote it back to us to somehow deceive us into believing that he's more spiritual than we are. That ever happened to anybody? Happened to Jesus? The devil... He'll take scripture and twist it into meaning what he wants it to mean. And, and this is how I see it. He, he, he likes to take that verse from, from over in the Gospels where Jesus is bowing his head in death and he's about to give up the ghost, as one writer said. And he utters those famous last words It is finished, speaking of sin's curse and the weight of sin upon humanity. And Satan likes to take that, that one little verse and twist it into making us believe that, that your circumstance and the storm that you are in it is finished your family can never come back to God your children will never pray back through to a relationship with God he'll try to tell you your sin it's too great God can never forgive you your life is over it is finished there's no way God could redeem you there's no way God can fill you with the Holy Ghost but I've come to let somebody know today I ain't about to let the devil speak for my God my God's big enough to speak for himself Therefore, I'm not going to lose hope. I'm not going to be dismayed. For it is not over until God says that it's over. Amen. Don't be deceived by what the enemy tells you. Don't be alarmed by what hell lies to you about. You make up in your mind if God says I'm going to live, then I'm going to live. I will hold on to the word of the Lord. Man, Psalm 91 verse 11 now David says for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all of thy ways. May I submit to somebody today that it wasn't happenstance and it was not coincidence that got you off the battlefield and into the house of God today. May I tell you that it was nothing short of the hand of God. It was nothing more, it was nothing short of an angel of the Lord. Amen. For I'm preaching to people today that I've never met you, but I have this one, I have this one assurance that many of us, the battle should have taken us out by now. Everybody real in the house today. That, that battle, the battle should have taken us out but now. Hell should have destroyed us but now. Satan should have put an end to us years ago. We ought to be dead in the trenches today. But it was an angel of God that was had his hand upon me. It was the angel of the Lord that said, no, God's got a destiny for them. God's got purpose for their life. There's more to it than what they're living in now. So I'm going to keep them. I'm going to protect them. All right. Let me let me break it down this way this morning. There's some of us that car wreck should have killed us, but God said no. I'm going to keep them. That diagnosis should have depressed us, but God said no. I'm going to lift up their spirit. 
That sickness should have put you in the grave. But God said, no, I got a destiny on them. I got a purpose. I'm going to keep them. I'm not going to let the battle take them out. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody today. You should have overdosed on drugs years ago. But God said, I'm going to keep them. I'm going to lead them down the road that I've destined them to walk down. I'm going to open doors of opportunity. I'm going to put my hand upon their life. Come on, somebody. You ought to be sleeping over a, off a hangover from last night's party. But here you are in the house of God. And I wish somebody would lift their hands and their voice and thank God that he didn't leave me to, to die in my battle but he saved me and he's protected me. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's 1121, I'm hurrying. Luke chapter 13 from where we read this morning. A woman sits in the synagogue on the Sabbath day and she sits there in the presence of Jesus and her 18-year battle with her infirmity had consumed her life and consumed her Attention. Luke calls it a spirit of infirmity, meaning that this was not just some coincidental sickness or some hereditary dysfunction. Luke, Luke is meaning that it is a spiritual attack of the adversary. They, they tell us that her condition most resembles what we would call arthritis today meaning that her body was likely bent and twisted, uh, double over with no ability to be straightened whatsoever. This woman was likely uh, totally dependent upon others to maneuver her and help her achieve anything in life. She was at the mercy of someone stronger than she was to carry out her everyday life. In a sense, we could say that she laid there a helpless victim of war. Much like, much like many of us on occasion, we're in the presence of God, yet finding ourselves wounded by attack, imprisoned by our condition, trapped in a snare of captivity. But as Luke gives the, a brief description of her circumstance, uh, uh, hope suddenly begins to flood the narrative. Anybody thankful for hope today? Uh, hope floods the narrative of Luke as Luke points out to us that Jesus takes notice of this woman's affliction and he says unto the woman woman thou art loosed from thine infirmity the crowd looks on in utter astonishment waiting to see what Jesus is about to do and Jesus lays his hands on this woman the Bible says immediately her body was made straight and though she had come to church bound with an affliction though she had come to church hindered in her body for the first time in 18 years she is now given the opportunity to leave church having been totally made whole in her body that's why when I said this morning it was, it was no cliche that though you may have came one way you can leave delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost. You may have come in here bound in your sin but you can leave full of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You may have come in here today guilt stricken by all the things in your past but can I tell you if you'll be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ you can be released from your guilt. You can be set free from the hold that your past has put upon you. Amen. I made up in my mind it's Sunday morning. I'm not leaving church the same way that I came but I'm going to allow the hand of God to touch me and make a change in my life. 
this lady, she gets her miracle. She begins glorifying God. And Oklahoma would say she starts cutting the rug. She begins dancing. She begins shouting. She begins giving God praise for this newfound miracle that had taken place in her life. And while this woman is praising God, the religious ruler speaks up and he starts doubting. He starts scorning and being a skeptic. Now, don't get nervous. I'm not going to bear down and preach on this, but ain't that just like some folk? One person gets their blessing. The other person can't rejoice with them. Well, say amen and I'll move on. Religious ruler speaks up and he becomes furious because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. Religious ruler says this, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed. Pick any six of them days. Put you on a crusade if you want, but not on the Sabbath. This whole issue of the Sabbath day, it was a work issue. God worked for six days in creation, and on the seventh day, he rested. And what blew the mind of this religious ruler in Luke chapter 13 was that on the Sabbath day, God was working. You can chalk this up to being just a nice little play on words if you want to, but I feel I feel prompted to tell somebody today that it might be Sunday, it might be the Sabbath, but Jesus still works. It might be Sunday morning, all of hell may be breaking loose in your life, but baby, be encouraged. God is still working. He'll work when you're up. He'll work when you're down. He'll work when everything's right. He'll work when everything's wrong. He'll work when you're in triumph. He'll work when you're in trouble. He'll work when you're sad. He'll work when you're happy. He'll work when you're sick. He'll work when you're well. He'll work when you have nothing. And He'll work when you have it all. He'll work on the mountain. Anybody know what I'm preaching about today? He'll work on the mountain. He'll work in the valley. He'll work in the sunshine. He'll work in the storm. Let me go to the Bible. He'll work in the flood. He'll work in the fiery furnace. He'll work in the pit. He'll work in the palace. He'll work in a wilderness. And he'll even work in a whale's belly. I've come to preach that on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, Wednesday, uh, on Thursday, Jesus uh, still works. I know it's simple preaching, but I'm just reminding somebody on Friday, he works. On Saturday, he works. And baby, even on Sunday morning, uh, Jesus still works. It might be Sunday, but God is not controlled by time, date, or season. His will is not dictated by the day of the week. I'm not going to go into every nook and cranny of the story, but Matthew chapter 12, a similar occurrence happens. Jesus and his disciples are walking through a field of wheat. Disciples get hungry. They break off some wheat and start eating, and the Pharisees lose their mind. You can't do that on the Sabbath. And Jesus just preaches them a little sermon and says, well, David, David ate the showbread in the Old Testament. I didn't hold that against him. Some of the other prophets, they did this and that, and I didn't hold it against them. And Jesus says something. Matthew chapter 12, verse number 8. I read this some time ago, and it lit my fire. Maybe it won't do anything for you, but it, it got me excited. Jesus says to the skeptic Pharisees in Matthew 12, verse number 8, For the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath day. 
So you may be here in the house of God on Sunday morning. Maybe you're stricken with disease. Maybe you're full. Your body's racked with pain. Maybe maybe hell is fighting your home, and you're you're having to pray spirits out of your home every night. I I don't know what kind of battle you're in today, but I come with this one word for you. It might be Sunday. There might be a war raging against you, but baby, be encouraged. The Son of Man is Lord, even right now, even today. It might be Sunday, but he is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Religious ruler, and I'm, I'm closing quickly. Religious ruler says, can't do that. Pick any six days, come and be healed, but not on the Sabbath day. And Jesus loses his cool with this skeptic religious ruler and says, that not every one of you on the Sabbath day, you untie your donkey from the stall and lead that donkey away to get water. Conviction settles in, heads bow. Jesus says, and this woman whom Satan hath bound, not for six days, not for 24 hours, but this woman whom Satan hath bound for 18 years, should not she be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? I'm privileged to go a lot of places and, and, and be in a lot of churches. And I, I don't mean this arrogantly. Please understand my spirit. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not meaning this, this arrogantly whatsoever. But I'm, in, I'm privileged to meet a lot of people and, and, and be in a lot of churches. And I, I watch a lot of good people Sunday after Sunday. They find themselves in the presence of God. They're faithful. They pay their tithes. They're the first one in, in, the, in the auditorium when the doors are open. And they're faithful found in the presence of God Sunday after Sunday. Yet for 18 years they've been fighting the same old things. For year after year, for month after month, for week after week, they've been dealing with the same old problems. They've been bound in the same old fight. The same old war has crippled them. The same old struggle has restricted them from being what God has destined them to be. Man, I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but maybe for for too long, for, for too many years, maybe it's not been 18, maybe it's been 12, or it might be 43 years, I don't know, but it doesn't matter how long hell has hindered you. I've come to tell you in the Holy Ghost, it is not the will of God that you stay bound any longer. It's not the will of God that you allow the enemy to restrict you anymore. It's time for you to make up in your mind. If it's good for the donkey, it's good enough for me. And I'm going to allow Jesus to speak a word of deliverance in my life. I'm going to speak, let Jesus release a word of strength in my spirit. And I'm going to allow myself to be changed in the presence of God. Come on, would somebody lift their voice? Would somebody just lift their hand for just a moment and say, Lord, I want you to change me today. I don't want to deal with the same old stuff I've been dealing with for 18 years. I don't want to leave today fighting the same battle that I fought last week. But I want to step into a new season of victory in my life.
Amen. I'm closing. The musicians can come. Amen. I, 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 I didn't know exactly how this was going to go today and what all was going to happen, but what I did know was this. As I got ready in my hotel room this morning, I just simply, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't down on my face, tears sobbing, uh, running down my face at the moment, but I was just getting, my, getting my, my suit and my tie on, and I just simply said unto the Lord, Jesus, what do you want to do today? And I, I felt one word, Jesus, drop into my spirit, and that word was deliverance so I, I, I'm not coming to some, 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 some prophetic boy. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to do what the Lord told me to do today it, it doesn't matter what you've come to church bound by I'm telling you just as it happened in Luke chapter 13 one word from God and one touch from the master you can leave this place it doesn't matter how long you've been held down by it it doesn't matter how long hell's lied to you and told you you can never be free I'm telling you the word said why one word from Jesus and one touch from his hand you can be released and loosed from your infirmity and made whole in the presence of God Jesus says why shouldn't this woman be loosed from her bond on the Sabbath day so many words Jesus was telling the crowd I hadn't come today to observe the casualties I hadn't come to sit on the sidelines of battle. Jesus says, I came to church today for one reason. To step into her battle. And I believe on this Sunday, I'm not discounting any other Sunday. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just just believing what the Word said, that today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. So that leads me to believe this one truth. That even on today, God has stepped into this service. He stepped into this sanctuary. Not to just watch you struggle. Not to just observe you as you fight your way through the battles of life. I feel compelled to tell somebody today, God has come. You are destined to be victorious. And God has come on this Sunday morning. Not to watch you, but he's come to step into your battle and win a victory that you could never win by yourself. Man, you, you've fought this thing long enough by yourself. You've tried to figure it out your own long enough. You've tried to accept it. You've, you've embraced it for far too long. I'm, I'm telling somebody, your 18-year season, it's time for it to come to an end. For God wants to loose you. God wants to deliver you and release you into a new season, a victory and overcoming power. What is today? September 24th. Just, just a matter of a little over a week ago, we celebrated the anniversary of September the 11th. A day that will forever live in infamy. You can stand to your feet. I'm closing. A day that will forever live in infamy, as one said. We know the story. Commercial airliners were hijacked and flown into the world-renowned Trade Center Towers, invoking devastation like our country and, may I say, the world had never seen or known. Days following the awful tragedy, President Bush visits Ground Zero, addressing addressing rescue workers and firefighters as they rescued people from the rubbish and then began to clean up the wreckage. Standing atop a pile of rubble, with a bullhorn in his hand, President Bush addresses firefighters. 
As he is addressing them, there's one firefighter way in the back of the crowd that cannot hear what the President of the United States is saying. So that firefighter way back in the back of the crowd lifts up his voice and says, I can't hear you. President Bush, many of you will remember, it's notoriously known as his bullhorn speech now. In that bullhorn, he responds to that firefighter with these words. I hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us. Amen. There's somebody in this house today that you've been attacked. You've been beaten down. You've suffered a blow from the enemy that seemingly has left your spirit in piles of debris. I say that when we can do nothing but cry out to God and wonder if He hears us above all the sounds of battle. When the odds seem to be stacked up against us. When the voice of fear says, give up. When the opposition says, there's no way out of here. I'm telling you, I believe God responds to our cry with these words. I hear you. All of heaven hears you. And the devil who knocks you down is going to hear all of us soon. You say, well, but the heart you're trying to... You're trying to hype us up now. No, baby. I'm trying to help you understand what the Word said. For the Bible said the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. You can't do it on your own. Your victory comes in surrendering your battle into the hand of a God that is able to pick you up, turn you around, and win a victory like you have never seen in your life. Hands lifted all over this sanctuary today. I wish somebody would let a cry come out of your spirit. God is fighting for you. God is coming to your defense. God is stepping into your struggle today. Come on from all over this sanctuary. I'm inviting you to come right now. There's a moving of the Holy Ghost that's just, just flown into this house. Come on from the back row to the front row. I'm inviting you to step out right now. Come on, step out of your battle and into a place of victory today. Come on, you can receive the Holy Ghost right now. You can be released. You can be healed. You can be delivered right now all over this house. I'm inviting you to come right now. Come on, God is fighting for us. God is fighting. They're getting ready to sing, but all over this house, I'm inviting you to come and lift your hands and surrender and let a cry come out of your spirit today. Come on, that's it. Come from all over this place. If you've got a need, if you've got a problem, if you've got a situation that only God can perform, I'm inviting you to come right now and let God step into your battle. Come on, that's it. Lift your voice in a shout today. Lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken in the name of Jesus.